Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I want to thank you so much for being here. But before we get started with what I know is going to be a fabulous interview from these two original Midwest girls is I want you to do me a favor. I would love if you would just take a screenshot of wherever it is that you all are listening to this episode. When you do that, I want you to put the screenshot on your social media, tag us here at A God Shift, and then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway, because I truly believe that the more people that hear these episodes, the more people can find hope in the middle of whatever situation it is that they are going through. They can become closer to God. And it's just all of our parts, I believe, to help build the kingdom. So thank you so much for doing that. I'm going to read my guest's bio. She's done so much. My goodness, we would be on here all day if I read all of this, but I'm going to tell you all the most important things in, in my opinion. So my guest today is an attorney focused on representing women who are escaping abusive marriages and relationships, including obtaining orders of protection and divorce. She is also a certified domestic violence professional who coaches victims of domestic violence. Drawing on her extensive legal and financial background and using faith-based principles, she helps women understand these complex toxic relationships and helps them heal and overcome to lead lives of victory. She speaks publicly to community groups, clergy, counselors, attorneys, educators, and other professionals to educate and equip them in the area of domestic abuse. She is also passionate about reaching the church and church leaders about domestic abuse that is so prevalent, yet also largely ignored in the church. Unfortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately. Um, she is also an author. She has won multiple awards from her authors. She has a family law practice, and she has written also a lot of articles and books in the area of law as well. So I want to welcome to the show, Charlene Quint. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate being on your show. Yes, I'm so excited for you to be here. I want to give a little bit of context to our conversation before we get into um, all of the goods. So the name of my podcast, my ministry, all of my platforms is called A God Shift. And when people hear that, they think it sounds pretty clever, but honestly, nobody has any idea who that is (laughs) or what that means. So my definition of a God Shift is the moment that you ditch disruption or delay in your life, collide with God's purpose, and then move into a greater destiny. And I believe that we have a role to play in this journey. I think that there's things that we can expect of God, but I also believe that there are things that God expects of us as well. And so one of the ways that we can actually partner with God in order to go into other levels of destiny in our lives is by exercising our kingdom authority. And so, Charlene, to me, kingdom authority is us being able to make things happen in our lives by actually partnering 
with what it is that scripture says that we have the power and authority to do. So I love starting all of my episodes off by asking my guests, what is your own personal definition of kingdom authority? Oh, what a great question. Um, I would agree. Uh, we are given a job and our job is to partner with his, with, with him, Father God Almighty, I call him Papa God a lot of times, um, to bring heaven to earth right? We pray and the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, you know, our job as we are for however long we are down here is to bring heaven to earth and to partner with God on that. And so he gives us authority. He doesn't just leave us here to do it on our own. He gives us his authority uh, to bring his uh, and his power to bring kingdom to to earth. Um, We're told that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. So he gives us the Holy Spirit. So that's where our power comes from. It comes from God himself and the Holy Spirit. So in in his word, when he gives us power to um, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. Um, he gives us spiritual weapons, um, truth, righteousness, uh, salvation, um, the shoes of peace, the sword of the spirit, prayer. So he's equipped us. Um, and so when we take a hold of that kingdom authority and come into agreement with God that um, he and, and us are a majority and whatever Satan throws at us, we are going to win. That's what what uh, what I believe that kingdom authority is. I absolutely love that definition. And I, and I love that you too use the word partner. I actually did an online event about two weeks ago. And when I was talking about the fact that God wants us to partner with us, he actually wants to co-create. A lady put a comment in the chat. We were on zoom. She put a comment in the chat and she said, I'm really struggling with this word partner, but I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And on the very last day of this online event, I gave them the opportunity to ask any questions that they want. And I was planning on bringing it up if she didn't, because I was just really curious as to why she seemed to be so triggered by this word partner. And she did. She brought it up and she said that she thought it was something that she was really going to have to unlearn because as a child and even into her young adult years, she was always when she was taught about God, she was always taught about God in the form of superior and inferior. Mm, And while I can somewhat see how someone could, could convey that, I struggle with the fact that God is our father. And, you know, even though my natural father, whom I just buried about six months ago, I guess he was in, I guess he was superior, you know, to me in, in, in some regard. But I don't think I would have been completely thrown off by the word partner. But I think you're absolutely right that there's power that God has. There's power that has been given to us by the Holy Spirit. And those two things have to happen in tandem in order for us to live out what it is that God has for us, because it's just like a headache. He can put the doctor in front of you, but he can't make you go to the doctor. You know, you can pray for a husband, but if you're not going to go on dates, you know, it doesn't do you any good to keep you know, praying, praying for a spouse. And That's so I right. love that, that you're, you're saying that, yeah, there's all these great things that God can do, but there's also power that we have. And when we partner with him on that journey, that's really when we're able to overcome adversity, grow our faith and actually get to where it is, you know, that he needs us in our lives. So I'm curious, Charlene, can you think of a time in your life that you've actually had to use that authority that's within you in order to get to where you are today? 
Oh, absolutely. And and I I, I do believe uh, it, it's a partnership. Obviously, God is God and we're, we're humans, but he puts things in us. He gives us unique gifts and talents and, and desires so that we can accomplish something on earth that nobody else on earth can do. I mean, that's why we're each so unique. Um, and he gives us those desires in our heart. Um to to do his work, uh, so I I really do think it's a it's a partnership. Um, somebody explained to, to me like a um, like a glove in a hand. You know, by itself the glove doesn't do anything, but when you put it on a hand, you're working it. Both of you together, and God's the hand, and we're the glove, and off we go. You know, together, I'm um, doing his his work. That's um, so good. But you know, in my life, there there came a time I went through. Um, uh, a, a horrible divorce from a, um, from an abusive, uh, person. And, uh, I came to the end of this 21 year marriage and I was just, I, I couldn't believe how, um, how just incredibly, um, mean and evil, uh, some people can be. And I, I came to the end of it that, wow, what is just, what has just happened here? Uh, how could I have spent 21 years with a person who, uh, is this horrible to, to me yeah. and um, had, and I had thought was uh, somebody completely different and, and a good person. Um, so I had to, I really had to come to the, to a point where I was completely reliant on God because I had lost my, my, my marriage. I had lost my home. I, for a while I'd lost my kids. I had to move churches because the churches supported an abusive husband and um Friends in the church supported supported him too. I went into hiding for two and a half years because it was so uh, unsafe for me to be there. And I, wow, what what is what has happened? I really need to understand this. So um, I did a lot of uh, uh, that. Was a time of incredible growth for me. I, I uh, you know, I had to seek God because He was the only constant in my life, um, mm-hmm. and so I sought Him like I had never sought Him before, and. Um, you know, of course he's faithful and he appears. And so, um, I have a relation, I had a relationship with him before, but now it is much, um, much more intimate, much, much stronger. And, um, he called me out of what I had, had been doing before, which is a, a corporate attorney working for a large law firm and said, no, I have a, <laughs> I have a different job for you. And, uh, he, he's, he called me after I was healed. And after I, I'd really under started to understand what what had gone on and what was wrong with my ex-husband and you know this this wasn't my fault and he said now I've healed you in record time and I'm calling you to use your law school skills to represent women getting out of divorce. Wow. And I, oh no, God, you got the wrong girl. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> um I said, you know, I'm I'm just not a litigator. I don't like to be in the courtroom. I just want everyone to get along. You know, I like to I like to connect people and make people get along. And he said, No, you're going to be in the courtroom fighting and being a warrior for for these women that 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 need to get out of abuse. And I and I said, Well, you know, I'm not a warrior, Lord. You know that. And he says, I know you're not a warrior, but I'm going to give you my power and authority to make you into a warrior so that you know it's me and not you. Okay. Well, I was then out of arguments. And so I got nothing. You win. Uh, okay. I will do what you want. And I gave my notice. Um, I re- resigned from my um, big law firm uh, position and 
basically, I started my own law firm uh, with no clients, no, no nothing. I, you know, put the shingle out on the front door. Um, I started out of my home. I started volunteering with a local domestic violence shelter and just started being an advocate for, for women who were um, needed to get out of these horrible abusive situations. I still don't have a, uh, a website for my law firm, um, but I get, I get referrals on a regular basis. So um, the Lord has just brought in um, clients and, um, and so he's, he has um, equipped me for what I need to do for his purposes. And then he put in my heart that I needed to put all of this, how I, I was able to recognize the abuse that I was in and, and safely get out and remove myself and, and recover and heal. And he said, you need to write a book so that women know how to do this because I could not find a book anywhere where it had everything I needed to know on how to, you know, recognize abuse, remove myself safely from it and and then recover and move on. And so every day he put this, just like a fire in my belly. You've got to write it. You've got to write it. Right. And so I spent five years writing the book. It came out in 2020 and uh, it was 600 pages and he and I and the Holy spirit wrote the whole thing together. So Um, yeah, that that was amazing. You know, what that shows me, Charlene is just more confirmation that when we go through things that they actually happen for us, not to us. And more importantly, they happen for other people as well, because it's very difficult for some people to get, to receive help from people who haven't been through exactly what it is that they have been. Oh, through. sure. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, you know, your situation happened to be, you know, a domestic violence situation for some people, it's going to be divorce for other reasons. For some people, it's going to be homelessness, whatever it is that we are experiencing or have experienced in the past. I think it's so important for us to recognize that as difficult that it is to sometimes receive this, sometimes it had to happen. It had to happen because of certain things that were that was going on in our own lives or because of things that God knew was going to happen down the road, that this was going to help equip and empower us for another adversity or to help someone else as well. Right. Well, I, I don't know that God ever sends abuse. I think that's really uh, the enemy's playground. Um, that's, sure. But, sure. I, but God yeah. will use it. He yeah. will use it. Um, Genesis 50, 20 has kind of become a become a verse for, for me as what others meant for evil. Yes. God used for good for the saving of many lives. Yeah. Right. So it's not just for us that he's not going to just make it good for us, but he's going to use that to help others. If we're willing to partner with him and follow his direction and be obedient to help others. So, so yeah, I, I, I agree, you know. And before we um, shift into, you know, how does someone do this when they find themselves in these type of situations? I'm curious, what did you learn during that process? You find yourself in this situation, you learn to lean on God, you get yourself out of it, obviously, and then God takes you in a whole direction of now this is what I want you to do with it. Like, what did you learn? If that's even an easy question to answer. Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was a, a huge um, time of, of learning, um, truly, um, from a spiritual perspective. Well, first of all, I learned, I did thousands and thousands of hours of research. So I learned about what 
narcissistic personality disorder is and antisocial personality disorder from where we get sociopaths and psychopaths and and um, other domestic abusers. I, I learned about the the studies that have been done and the effect on women and how best to to get out safely. And you know, I, I just you know I put myself in it. And then they, what what there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of learning. There wasn't a lot of things about how to heal. Um, there's just, there's a lot of descriptions about, you know, narcissistic personality disorder and sociopaths and psychopaths and domestic abuse, but there wasn't a lot about, well, and this is how you heal. And so that was a process that God and I learned together. This is because he, he's the great healer, right? So, so the things from a spiritual perspective, um, I learned that God goes with us, um, and he talks to us when we look at the Bible, you know, he, he never says, uh, well, and then you go to this and, and he doesn't give us detailed directions, but right. he says to go with us. And we look at that in, in, you know, the beginning of Joshua and Moses and he's, you know, he says he's going to go with us. So um, that's a, that's a promise you can take to the bank. Um, I learned that he really talks to us when we listen um, and, Jeremiah, everyone likes to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, which is, I have good plans for you. But if you keep reading the next couple of verses say, I will be found by you if you honestly search for me. And so when we have nothing else in our lives and we really search for him because that's nothing else in, in us, our lives, we do, we do find him. Um, I learned that the Holy Spirit is a great teacher. Um, when you read the Bible and asking the Holy Spirit to, to reveal God to you, especially after you've gone through something um, like that, it, the the words jump out of, of the book. It, you know, maybe you haven't, uh, maybe you've read it a zillion times before, but you just haven't seen it in that light. And and the yeah. Holy Spirit says, "And this is what I meant," because now you know you've experienced it. Um, so that's um, that's a great way to for, to to be taught. And then personally, I, I found that you know. I knew God as my savior, but now I know him as my redeemer and my restorer and a healer and a warrior. And he goes and fights for his daughters. And I hadn't really known him in those capacities before, but I, you know, I certainly do now. And I learned that when he restores you and redeems you, he puts you in a better place than you were before because you're his daughter and he blesses you, right? And he tells us this in the Bible. Um, is kind of tucked away in the Old Testament where we don't often read, but but he but he puts us in a better place than we were before because he's a big God. He's just not going to make us mediocre. He's a, you know he wants to bless us, and so I have found in my own situation and in all the women that I've represented or counseled that that when they leave abuse and they're out from under this this oppression um, that that they are under, the blessings go with them. And and they thrive when they get out from that because he loves his daughters and those who those who um, follow him. Um, yeah. You know, we we see in Psalm twenty three, you know, the blessings will follow us all the days of our lives, and we'll live yeah. in the house of the Lord forever. And that's what happens um, to to women that finally escape that and and they thrive. So, um, yeah, those are, those are some of the things I learned. I mean, we could go on and on, but those are, yeah, those are, those are great lessons. And what I love about the way that these conversations typically unfold is that the lessons that we learn and the tips that we give, which we will get to in the second half of the show apply to so many different things in life. Oh, sure. And so, you know, 
when we hear things like this, like my adversity may not have been your adversity, but some of the lessons that you learned apply to my level of adversity. Absolutely. the, The tip that you would give of how a person overcomes this particular type of tough time is also applicable to other types of tough, tough times as well. That's and right. so and I know that this episode is going to, is going to be such a blessing to people who have experienced tough times in, in any capacity, maybe not even just in, you know, toxic and abusive relationships as well. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to start to get into some of the how to, so that people who are listening to this episode can start to put some of these things together in their right. life. So we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan, to ditch disruption or delay, and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right, welcome back. So Charlene, you've just been um, a testimony and a confirmation of all of the different forms that kingdom authority can can look like, all of the different ways that kingdom authority can be displayed. And there is not only an authority that is required, uh, an authority that we have to adopt and execute in order to leave a toxic relationship, an abusive relationship, or anything that's holding us back, but there's a certain amount of courage that it takes to operate in that authority as well. And so I would love for us to shift into some of the how to. So I want us to to talk specifically about toxic relationships and and abusive relationships, because I know that that's your, your area of expertise. And I know that people who are in different situations will find that as well. But how does someone find the courage to say, okay, I'm so glad that I'm listening to this episode and I now know that I have the authority to take authority and control of my life and leave a situation that is not serving me? How do they get the courage to do that? Whether it's because they fear that damage is going to come to them, whether they fear they're going to disrupt their children even more. How does a woman find the courage to to begin to take authority over this area? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first of all, I, I always recommend to people that are considering um, leaving a, a, you know, an abusive relationship or have already left is to make sure that um, you surround yourself with with a support network. So you get courage from the strength of other people who have done it before or who are, who can just, you know, give you the encouragement that you're on the right track. So um, whether that's um, seeking out your local domestic violence organization or shelter, they usually have counselors that are specially trained in domestic violence. um, And I really just a regular counselor are not who's not trained in domestic violence is not going to be particularly helpful. In fact, they can they can be harmful if they don't recognize um, these these um, harmful things. Um, so I would you know recommend that they work with a with a domestic violence shelter to get the resources and the um, and the counseling that's needed because you're gonna you're gonna need some support um, to do that to to get that courage to, to, to go. 
Um, I also recommend spending time in the word with, with God. Um, he, he really doesn't like evil. And I think domestic violence is evil. There's no other way we can put it when someone is destroying their own family. Um, that's, that's just evil. Um, and so, um, knowing that you and God are on the, on this same page in this and that you need to have a healthy relationship and, and God doesn't want us to live in abusive relationships. He wants us to live in peace and prosperity. And he told us he he's come so that we can have life and have it abundantly. Um, I, I will say that many times the church is, has a distorted view of, um, of, of divorce when it comes to, especially to abusive relationships. And so there's a lot of bad advice that comes out there yeah. because of either lazy theology or because they've misinterpreted the scripture or they haven't gotten to the context of the scripture, but God is not going to be mad uh, because you have gotten yourself and your children out of an abusive uh, relationship. Um, so that just knowing that and having, you know, getting, uh, over the, sometimes people feel guilt uh, for, for leaving that, knowing that God's not going to be mad at that person that does a lot for courage. Um, but surrounding yourself with good, safe people. And if that means you have to go to a different church to, to find a safe church, so be it. I had to do that as well because my church didn't support, uh, they supported uh, my abuser. And that's unfortunately, um, many, uh, many times I, I hear that. Um, but that's that's how to get the courage to do it. And, and I think part of the most of the book um, the, and most of the advice that I give is is we have to we have to identify the lies that we've been believing on um, the lies that get us into an abusive relationship, the lies we believe about God or about ourselves, um, the lies that keep us in an abusive relationship and and the lies that, that keep us from healing once we even got out of abusive relationships because we don't want to be stuck. We just just because you're out doesn't mean you're not healed. You need to heal. So part of the healing process is identifying all those lies. And those are, of course, directly from the enemy, um, no matter how they've gotten to you, whether they're through your abuser or through um, your family of origin, or maybe through the church or society, and you've adopted these these lies and started believing them, we have to reject those and say, I'm no arguing with them. I'm, I am re- replacing them with God's truth. And, and the truth is, I'm a child of God. He loves me. He wants the best for me. Uh, I'm made in his image. I have unique talents. I am lovable. I am beloved by him. You know, we can go through probably hundreds of lies that, that women believe that have gotten them into these destructive relationships and have kept them there and keep them from healing. And so one by one, we've got to knock them down and replace them with, with God's truth. That's great advice. How do we make sure that we come out of this with a deeper relationship with God, because I've talked to a lot of people who've been through different forms of disruption and they say that their faith wavered during that time. So mm-hmm. what, what, what would you say to someone, you know, that's going through this type of situation in, in order to make sure that they, they come out more rooted and grounded in, in, in God than they may have been otherwise, or that they may have been, you know, kind of pulled away. Right. Well, I think the first step is, is um, ascribe to God what God does and ascribe to the enemy what the enemy does. Right. Um, we we are born into a a war, right? right? I mean, the, the um, when we get placed on the on the planet Earth, 
we're we're in a spiritual battle. So let's start with that reality. And um, we know what the enemy's mission statement is. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. So if it's stealing, killing, or destroying, that's what the enemy has has been doing. All right. But God has also said, I've come to so you can have life and have it abundantly. So if if it's good, we're it's coming from God, right? So so let's first of all, not be mad at God for something he didn't do. Um, and I hear that question a lot from people and you probably do too. Well, you know, if God's such a good God, why did this happen? Well, he, he does, we're not puppets. You know, he doesn't make everybody, um, a good person. Otherwise we, we just puppets. He, he gives us free will and we can choose to follow him or we can choose to reject him. And sometimes we suffer because we've rejected him. And sometimes we've suffered because someone else has rejected him. And, and um, so we have to recognize that he's not responsible for other people's decisions and when they reject him. Um, so let's, let's just start with that <laughs> on, on how, how to not be stuck in that and um, that being mad at God for something he didn't do. He gives us, he gives us um, free will to reject him if we want or to follow him if we want. So a lot of times women will stay in these relationships for far too long and and because they're just they just keep praying. Well, if I just keep praying, like God's gonna what magically zap him with what Jesus dust and we're gonna, yeah. oh, okay, all of a sudden this horrible, mean, evil person is gonna turn into Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. You know, yeah, he he that. doesn't. He gives people their own free will. And Romans one tells us he lets them go. If you're gonna reject me. He's a gentleman. He doesn't push himself into places where he's not invited. And we need to follow his example. If if we've been rejected in a in a relationship, um, we need to let them go and and remove ourselves from that. So um, the one thing he does, though, I mean, he he uh, God lets them go, and he won't zap them like with a magic fairy stick. But he equips his people. He equips his followers. He equips his daughters to have the strength and the courage to leave. And I tell um, people all the time, they say, well, what's the redemption story here? I'm like, well, you know, we all want to think the redemption story is, um, you know, like Paul, you know, he got zapped and, and you know, then he, he was Mr. Wonderful for the rest of his life. But you know what? That doesn't happen most part. He also had serious consequences, right? He got blinded and then on a three-year timeout and, you know, a bunch of other things. So if anyone's going to change, it's usually because of serious consequences, but usually it's more like the story of the Israelites escaping from, from Egypt. You know, God didn't change Pharaoh's heart. He was still a horrible, evil person. Um, And he didn't want them to leave just like husbands don't want wives to leave, even though they might not love them. They, you know, there's free labor, right? So I would get something out of it. They get something out of it and they don't want to part with any money and they don't want to part with their free labor. So, so they make it very, very difficult to leave just like Pharaoh did. Um, But what did God do? Like he sent Moses and he sent some power and he sent some miracles and, and he walked with them and got them out um, so there's this little thing in the desert. Yes, we go through a little desert where we get to know him better if we choose to. And if we choose to look forward and follow his promises, because he has prepared a promised land of peace and rest for us, because he's a good God. And that's what he prepares for his, his people. We get there a lot quicker. Yeah. But if we look back like the Israelites did and say, 
oh my gosh, poor, poor me. You know, here I am in the middle of a desert. Gosh, I wish maybe Egypt was better. You know, at least I had this, that, the other thing. That's going to keep you stuck in the desert for a long time and and not healed. So we have to look forward because God has promised. I mean, he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he's going to do. And when you look back and see all the things that he's done and been faithful to us in their lives, looks like the Israelites should have done, um, we can have that courage to go forward and say, I put my faith in you. Um, and then we get there and get healed a lot quicker than if we get stuck. I love that perspective. And I think it's going to give so much more understanding for people to wrap their minds around what God's process or what his um, role is in this entire process, how he views things so that they can take some of the heat off of him, you know, number one. And then obviously we don't ever want to see anyone go through something that actually takes them away from God. So I appreciate that perspective and understanding that people can, you know, just get a better viewpoint of where God kind of stands with some of this so that they can make sure that they're drawing more near to him in these times than they are drawing away from him. So Charlene, before we begin to um, wrap this up and tell everyone about resources and how they can get help from you, et cetera, are there any final words that you would give to the audience? Well, now again, how much time do I have? <laughs> um, and my, my, my encouragement is God is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he'll do. I mean, he, he is really bigger than we think. Um, and so my words, if, if you're a woman in a toxic relationship, I do want to say there's hope and healing on the other side. Um, women cannot be who we were created to be and designed by God to be as long as we're in these horrible toxic relationships. We just can't because we spend so much time just trying to deal with all the toxicity. Um, and it's only when we can get out from under that evil that that we can be who God designed us to be. So um, so if you're in that situation, I would encourage you to call your local domestic violence shelter, um, talk to a counselor who has specialized training in domestic violence. They have resources. They may be able to put you together with a, 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 a legal advocate. Um, they have they may even have shelters. There's there's lots of different uh, resources that, that they have. Um, and if your first call doesn't get you the help you need, just keep calling. Uh, almost every county has has resources. It has a domestic violence um, shelter or or organization. Keep calling till you until you find someone that will help you. And if you still can't find someone, you contact me. I will find someone for you. Awesome. Awesome. And for everybody else, can I give advice to them as well? For um, sure. Um, the numbers are so staggering. The numbers are 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 just incredibly staggering. So 35% of women will experience rape or stalking or physical abuse. And 48% of women will experience coercive control or verbal and emotional abuse at some point in their lives. So these numbers are staggering, meaning we all know someone who's who's knows someone who's gone through it, or maybe that's us ourselves who've gone through it. So if you want to be helpful, if you're you know a leader at a church or an employer or a friend or a family or in a faith community, um, support her. Um, I I've come up with a little. Um, 
for the for the women, I you know I call it the three R's. You know, you need to recognize, remove, and recover. But for everybody else, I'm from Chicago, so you know we like dub ears. So I came up with a little acronym for them. Um, believe her because by and large they're telling the truth, right? They've tried. They they've held this as a secret for so long. So when they finally are telling someone, believe her. Um, E is educate, educate yourself on domestic abuse. It's really one of the most silenced, misunderstood um, epidemic of our times. Um, A is um, have accountability, Um, hold the abuser accountable for his actions. Don't let him off um, because they come up with all sorts of excuses why they shouldn't be held accountable, but, you know, hold them accountable. R is refer, refer them to a, a domestic violence professional who knows what they're doing. Um, a lot of times uh, pastors will try to engage in marital counseling or some type of counseling. And we know that that couples counseling doesn't work for, for, these, um, for these relationships because there's individual issues that they have to work on. And then the last is support, whether that's emotional support or financial support. Um, if you're an employer, you can have an employee assistance program for women that need to get out of an, you know, get out right away and get a, a get an apartment. Um, and that's the biggest deterrent um, is, is the finances. Um, so and and churches, you can have a um, you can have a, a, a fund for 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 this in your church so that you can be known as the safe church. Um, but those are, you know, dub bears. Um, just remember that. <laughs> so um, yeah. So I growing up with refrigerator Perry. So I know that's right. That's right. Audience, we were talking before we started this. Um, she and I are both born and raised in um, central Illinois. So we know a lot of the same things about Midwestern small town upbringing. But Charlene, thank you so much for being here. I know that this episode is going to bless many people. Um, but before we go, how can they follow you on social media? Well, you can find uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I have an author page and I also have a, a personal page. For some reason, the author page doesn't come up as, as often as it should. I, I can't figure this out. So, um, but you can find me at LinkedIn. Um, I have a, a page on Facebook that's also a, the name of the book called Overcoming the Narcissist, Sociopath, Psychopath, and Other Domestic Abusers. So you can follow that. I try to put weekly um, encouraging uh, encouraging things on the uh, uh, on Facebook and abusecare.org is the website of my abuse care organization um, and I have regular blogs as well um, and you can find the book um, overcoming the narcissist sociopath psychopath and other domestic abusers right on on Amazon if you if you it's a four pound almost 600 page book so um, it, it hopefully has everything you need to know. I also, it's coming out in an audio book shortly, but I also, here's a picture of it. Oh, you can't even see this. All right. Yeah, it's, it's always hard to see that on the Zooms. So. Oh, okay. Well, just, uh, it has what's called a, a decoy cover. So on the, on the flip side of the, of the dust jacket, it's all pink and pretty. And it says, um, you know, Psalms and promises and Proverbs for, you know, an inspiration for women. So if you bringing up, book home that says overcoming the narcissist and the narcissist is there that's a little difficult so you just take the cover and you flip it over and it's pink and pretty and um, they typically stay away from those kind of books 
You're so stinking smart. <laughs> well, uh, we we know what you know what what we have to deal with, but you can also Are get it sure. on Kindle and hopefully soon on a on um, audio. Awesome. And so, if someone is listening and they do want to take things further with you, is it best to go to a couple of those websites that you mentioned that I'll have the links to, or is there something specific action that you want them to take? Well, if they go to abusecare.org, um, that'll have my um, my email, and you can. Um, you can get a hold of me uh, through email. Okay, perfect. And my phone and number is on it too. And I'm going to make sure that the links to all of your social media, the website for the book, all of the different things that you just named are in the show notes so that all they have to do is just click it. But again, I thank you so much for being here and sharing this knowledge. I know that it's going to help someone. And you know, at the beginning and end of every episode, I always ask everyone to share the episodes But it's so important that we share this one, because one of the things that I know is that many people are suffering in silence with this pandemic of its own. And so there may be people that you know that you don't even know that they're in this type of situation. So please, 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 if you've never shared an episode of A God Shift, I I beg you to share this one, because like she said, the numbers are staggering. And um, somebody's got to put a stop to this. So I would I would really appreciate it if you guys would share this episode far and wide. Charlene, thank you so much for being here. Everyone, I ask that you will not only share this, but that you will join us here again next week. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.